0: September 5, 2020, it's a Watch for Pedro show.
1: Santa taking some part-time work at Harry's bar to pass the time and get out of the house a little while. I am dumb, Harry. I overslept again. I used to sleep 300 days a year. Now if I oversleep, I know what you'll do. Last night, Santa grew three arms. If he's late to work one more time, Harry's going to paint him bronze, get an altar of human skulls to set behind him as a backdrop, a throne with arms of stuffed snapping alligators vomiting a bouquet of swamp from their gaping jaws, and he'll just sit there sagely and greet customers. Santa doesn't want that. I mean, who would? And just imagine how crooked he's walking, with three arms on one side of his body and only two on the other. Maybe he'll grow another tonight. Wouldn't it be awful if he grew too? Oh, streams of jet blue holy fire With sunset shades circling behind Voices in every language Santo with thousands of arms Always one more on the left side of his body Everyone coughing up blood Wormwood and mugwort the human heart, a bear, and a freezing poison stream watching fish float by belly up. Harry's bar left empty with tumblers full of orb-weaver spiders on every table, ready for a swallow of pathogenic blood to give them one glorious glimpse of the victorious plague swimming in the tributaries of the circulatory system. Santa filling five glasses full of Niccolo light at once with his nimble, dexterous, extra appendages. Harry, let the man sleep in, Santa is good for business.
0: Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to do three in a row here. My brother Matt, we're in Quentin Quarantino mostly, still a couple miles south of Pleasure Point and love Grotto. But through the wonders of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention, I got Rick Weaver with me. Welcome aboard, Rick. Hello.
2: Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: I should say uh, we started off with uh, John Coltrane with Stan Getz, Oscar Peterson, Paul Chambers, Jimmy Cobb. Whoa, you're making a lot of fucking noise over there, Rick.
2: Sorry, opening the door, trying to get a clear connection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that that does wonders, though. Anyway, they're doing Hackensack, West Germany, 1960. Kind of rare. After that, we had Santa, even though it's fucking September, people. But they came early. Santa grows three arms, giving him an odd number of arms. Uh, that one sounds familiar. Coons and Weaver. So it must have been you and your buddy, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Coons, uh, Loneliest Boy in Appalachia, uh, did the text for that one, Little Christmas Story. Uh, it's about, I guess it's our second or third Christmas album, um, and uh, provided the musical accompaniment on that one.
0: Okay, I want to go way back before a couple Christmases ago. I want you... Tell me. And remember, it's a for Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. But what's your earliest musical recollection?
2: Ah, musical rec- recollection. Let's see. Uh, man, I can remember my first concert was uh, the Ninja Turtles. When the Pizza Hut promotion came through, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shell. So that was a pretty early memory. You were um, coming out of your
0: shell. What about where did you grow up?
2: Uh, I was born in D.C. Uh, popped out to San Diego for a year, but mainly grew up around the Maryland area.
0: Okay, in the pad you grew up, was there musical instruments?
2: Yeah, yeah, to some degree. Not not too musical of a family. Uh, my grandfather was a. a uh, excellent trombonist and made a living in a swing band before uh, becoming uh, getting into the air force and all that. Um, so there was that musical influence there. Um, was, was there I a, tried to play.
0: Was there sorry, a bone? Sorry, yeah. Was there a bone in the house?
2: You know, I actually have his bone now, which is amazing. Um, and I did play uh, the bone for a while. Still have my student trombone, but um, I tried keeping up with him, and he he just he just did circles around me
0: bass clef j.j. johnson there's a the record john coltrane did with a bone player you know you know nice, th- nice. you know the thing about the bone right it's ca- kind of like the you know the violin bass cello thing there's microtones
2: yeah well i think i feel like that kind of expanded because we got into like tapes and pitch bending and all that stuff i think uh, looking back like the trombone really might have turned me on to a lot of that kind of stuff because you can just really play with that that kind of space there, the intervals and all.
0: What about in school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that?
2: Oh, man. Uh, Elementary school, I lived a pretty sheltered early life. Um, I went to private school until uh, high school. I was in choir in elementary school. Uh, uh, I actually got kicked out for, for horseplay for whatever reason, just didn't didn't uh uh, gel with the choir thing um i'm I'm just
0: i'm just interested because a lot of schools cut out their music programs
2: yeah yeah i did with the bone i did play with um uh, 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 uh what would it be called i guess like pep band sort of thing it was um we had a smaller unit at our school um Mr. Rosie, he was a teacher. Um, good teacher. And we would go to like these uh meetups, you know, you'd be on a big stage. It's beyond like first and second chairs, like you'd end up with like twenty trombonists on one stage at a time. And uh huh. I don't know, I never really got good at musical notation. I kinda was able to hide in there, but um no, those were those were definitely good early uh musical school. Ah, uh, memories there.
0: Notation. That's so, what, that's why I said earlier, I said bass clef, because everybody knows the bone is in the bass clef. Yeah, yeah. All and, cars you know, eat gas.
2: A, a lot of those early trombone parts were, were nice and easy, too, because you're just basically going bump, 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 while well, everybody else is kind of toting the front line there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And what I heard about, especially for marching, the big mouthpieces, so it's kind of easier.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know i never really took to it a few years ago i tried picking up uh alto sax too and a little bit easier but yeah the mouth mouth extension instruments
0: rick, what was the first, uh, what still was struggle the, what was the first record you bought for yourself rick
2: oh geez that's that's a that's a tough one um yeah, you're, uh, well, let's see. I think the first record I got was the, you remember those Flexi Discs? Sure. Um, Burger King had a promotion, alpha, alpha Flexi Disc. It was like a novelty record. That would have been, of course, uh, you know, the parents buying me the Happy Meal with the uh, extra <laughs> record thrown in.
0: In the fucking crown.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and the crown of course. Wearing the crown will spin in the Alf Flexi Disc. Record.
0: What was the first gig what was the first gig you went and saw? The first gig was at Teenage Mutant
2: Ninja Turtles. Oh, oh that's calls. right,
0: that's right. And, and did they actually play or were they lip syncing?
2: You know, you got me. I think you know, I think that... There It was a live music production, but I think it was one of those uh, uh, Wizard of Oz behind the curtains. So like, ah,
0: the no performers
2: in the costume
0: sure. were
2: not the band playing the instruments.
0: Right, right. <laughs> the, the, fraud, the frauds get perpetrated against us early, Rick.
2: <laughs> what, what, what's that?
0: The frauds get perpetrated against us early.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But you, I love the spectacle, so they, it worked on me.
0: Now, now, what about the thing uh, after school, the basement band, the, the bedroom uh, garage band? Did you do that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I switched to high school, I kind of stopped in all the sort of marching band or pep band sort of development path and got into the whole uh, basement band, mainly uh, my dad's house in the basement out in uh, Western Maryland. And... Uh, so that was kind of when I picked up drums and all that, and uh, but but it was in, a, in a, a few few outfits at that time, I guess. So you got
0: a drum set.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think Not, that's probably yeah.
0: Now, 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 did you do the pot and pan thing first, or did you go straight for a trap kit?
2: You know, in middle school, it it took a few years to really uh, know that that was what I was gonna getting into and that was from going to friends houses so there were moments like that i had one friend who was an excellent drummer in a, a middle school but had no drum kit and we'd sit there uh he had a radiator and we would just sit there and bang out beats on this radiator and he'd show me some techniques and uh like if i had a friend i was i was an obnoxious guy who wanted to play the drum set you know yeah like hey you mind if i get on uh, your drum set so whenever i had a friend with a kit in their basement it was just an attraction that kind of picked up more and more until i got my own kit
0: yeah now what was your first kit Uh, it was a pearl pearl peter chris pearl
2: uh pearl export one of the i think it's pearl export select
0: okay and uh i don't know did you beat the shit out of it
2: yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I was breaking sticks for the first uh, maybe four years of playing, <coughs> just like running the sticks into the drum. Yeah, it was a mess. Like,
0: this <laughs> band that you made in, in the basement at your pops' pad—did uh, it have a name? Did you guys start writing songs right away, or did you copy off records?
2: Yeah, it was a lot of original. So there were kind of two bands. There was that band, which was the you know the trio, more in the punk vein and slowly developed into what it did um and then there was um another band that was at my friend's uh basement that it you know went over to on the weekend and that band was all like organ home organ based and a little bit more like uh uh, based on our interest in soundtrack music and that sort of thing oh wow Um, so it's kind of two things like one was like you know the 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 the, way you you know the drum bass guitar thing um and then the other was kind of more of that spectacle bass thing um i think kind of to tale of two worlds i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but
0: i think that might have been good you have a different prod for each approach
2: yeah yeah definitely had fun with both um trio seemed to work for a long time in a lot of trios uh till uh no, just kinda on my own. We're in the duo form like the thing with Coons.
0: <laughs> right, right. Here I wanna play the acronym Egg. Oh, cool, cool.
3: Pinctures for pain, capsized vessels. Hand reaches into warm body. She believes in magic and so do I. Painted things. Riotous hips and ribcage, a being filled with liquid. Stop, stop now. Please continue. Over is it yet? Sleeping twins lost in desert, found in a hospital, pointed things, trinkets and scepters and waterfalls in Brazil, dragon fruit scooped into bowls, owls and blue spaces in parking lots, a slithering towards, planted things. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
0: Our show Rick Weaver with the acronym A. Everybody knows about that, right? Few. Yep. Few after that, uh, her uh, new album came out yesterday. Vertical K.O. The very ears of dusk. Great record. Trippy fucking thing. Uh, Model home and his name is Alive. Is collab for a new record too called Fire Sale Dub here. Bogdan Rosinski after that collective, collection agency. And then uh, Black Lodge with Fluff. the All Disciples stuff fucking happening. Mr. Tom's got a, n- a new tobacco album coming out. Pittsburgh Day before Halloween. We're playing it now. Poisonous Horses. Then Machine Wind f- from up in the city. Doing Hospital. This lady was in the SoCal scene when uh, Minutemen were around. Old buddy ours. And I'll show you my Nile, yeah, my Fratelli in italy with us in their land our version of it and finally rick weaver with slasher okay rick so this stuff was during high school right you're talking about
2: yeah yeah uh yeah it, it definitely carried over uh yeah what
0: happened after high school
2: well i guess uh i i i did the worked at a moving company did the Tried to do the full time college thing, but really just more and more. Um, I think like the, the the first week that I graduated high school went on like first two week tour, you know. So that was kind of I was I was just just waiting to get out the door for all that. So that that sort of took over, uh, you know. Lost uh, whatever financial aid I had with the school, and just kind of basically devoted that for uh, through the twenties, basically that that kind of style of like you know the three to six month tour and constant bands and projects but
0: uh those bands continued a little bit longer um with these tour bands anything from high school was it the guys in the basement shit
2: yeah yeah those two bands were the ones fresh out of there um the one band the organ donors uh with uh and abe shank um yeah we toured i think once but we we were pretty uh pretty active as a unit for a long time like in in baltimore um which was a very fun uh time for sure because nobody really uh cared or paid attention we were able to just we never played any two sets alike so it was constant like just just uh coming up with a gimmick for a set or whatever or writing a new set of songs for a set and then you know, the recording offshoots of all that with our, like, kind of made-up soundtracks and everything. So that was a blast.
0: I'm, I'm curious. Do you know the Balmar band uh, Mold Omen?
2: I do not. I do okay. not. Mold Omen?
0: Yeah, they make some wild-ass fucking sounds for about 10 years now. And nice. It's, oh, well. it's a duo, and it seems like this is kind of the recipe you're, you're thinking of. Now, the, what was the other band called, The Trio, The Power Trio?
2: That became uh, Flowers in the Attic, and uh, I left that band about 18, and they got a couple new members and actually got some, you know, mild, that's way more than one out, so (laughs) that's that's definitely
0: So that's the band you mainly toured in, right? That's the Curse
2: of Weaver right there.
0: Okay, but that's the one you mainly toured in yeah uh both of
2: those um and then let's see the, the started uh playing drums in another trio called the new flesh um and 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 uh that one god we 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 kind of toured a lot we were we were a little too close that was sort of like the live together, work at the same gas station tour all the time get at each other's throats kind of almost like we we're siblings you know
0: sure sure bandmates are like siblings. Well,
2: huh? Yeah. And actually, my good buddy, um, you know, I'm down in San Antonio now, but he moved to Austin, Texas. So he's about the probably the only good friend I have around Texas, you know, from the old days. Um, so we're still we're still very close.
0: I, I'm I'm curious about the material. Being a drummer, you know, there's this yeah, fucking, sure. there's this fucking uh, stereotype of the drummers not being composers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess with the trio, I mean, you know, everyone kind of gets gets a little bit up in front because there's really nowhere to hide to that degree. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what if I were to take new flesh, I would say I was probably the one just like bugging everybody to get to practice. I I mean, I didn't used to carry a cell phone. I used to be kind of uh, anal retentive and punctual and all that and kinda of let those rules go with that, but uh but I I was I was kind of that guy, the guy with the van who was like, hey, come on guys, we gotta go <laughs>
0: Well I'm thinking more like Grand yeah. Grand Hart or, or Dave Grohl where play drums but also write songs.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm not sure who really shaped that. Um it was nobody, I guess. All of us maybe <laughs> Um, probably them I wouldn't have been able to write songs like they wrote at all so um, and uh, the guy Dan Propert who was playing guitar at that time he he turned me on to a lot of music that still has kind of stuck with me too
0: well I'm I'm just curious because uh, you know Chico Hamilton jazz drummer in the 60s he tried to get song he was told you know drummers can't write songs yeah yeah I don't know I mean because the notes it's last all kind so of percussion. Short. Yeah, but what, what, why is it the drums considered like a, a guitar or an organ, piano?
2: Or, yeah, or vice versa, like the piano considered a drum or guitar a drum. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe that's the drum thing, but coming to it it's just kind of sounding like everything's just got like a, a auxiliary percussion instrument.
0: Well, like you're talking about your... Uh, uh, grandpa with the trombone right yeah yeah now in those days swing bands the rhythm section just didn't have the drum and bass it had the guitar and piano yeah see how those roles changed because they didn't have their fucking amplifiers yet
2: <laughs> you had to have more players to
0: right get- and they're <laughs> all like and they're all banging out eighth notes right
2: well his his uh his first job he got his uh uh was at a funeral home next door um and uh, the reason why being, you know, he was practicing the bone by the window and the uh, funeral director came over, gave him a job to shut him up, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you think of Power Tree, you think of Ginger Baker and The Cream. Were you hip to stuff like that? Yeah, to some degree, I think. Uh... Who was Jimmy's guy, Mitch Mitchell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: definitely. I think like. Uh, I think like the seventh grade sort of got into like all that like really, really like, sponged up all that kind of sound.
0: Um, well, I bring that up because us Minutemen being a trio, we always got asked about Rush, and we'd say, "What about Cream? You know?" Yeah, yeah. What?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: What about Jimmy? You know the uh, the Hendrix experience. And no, I we always got asked about Rush and Rush. I don't know the rock and roll part. I mean, I'm not saying that they're, they're good musicians and stuff. Maybe it was just the time.
2: Yeah, sometimes people go for the closest, like the 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 the, the thing that's still that's a- like mo- active at that time. Maybe you
0: know, right? Because like I guess the, the cream. The, The Cream and uh, Hendrix experience, they're more 60s.
2: Yeah, so it was like... And then Rush's 70s? saying Rush didn't have the same reference point with some of the older things that have been...
0: Yeah, but just to let you in on a secret, Minuteman really didn't listen to Rush. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against him or anything. I I ended up actually meeting some of them because... I opened up for Les, and uh, Primus, Les Claypool's way into Rush, and I got to meet them, and uh, nice guys. uh, Erickson Leaf? No, that's a Viking name. Whatever, a blonde guy, and uh, the bass man, Geddy Lee. Nice, nice. nice Yeah, yeah. But uh, i got to tell you, Jack Bruce, uh, incredible influence on me. Probably more than Noel Redden. Uh, Probably Billy Cox more than Noel Redden. (laughs) But Jack Bruce was an incredible influence on me. So uh, nice, nice. Yeah, so that's why I, I, I asked about. It. it seemed like somebody like Mitch Mitchell, a song like "Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire." I'm going to show you everything I know how to play in this one song.
2: That's true. Uh, that's true. And I, 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 I had that problem for a long. I mean, I have that problem.
0: It I might not to really be a like problem. Be careful that.
2: about sculpting. Carving out. Carving it out, you
0: know. <laughs> that might not be a problem, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Definitely I mean? Definitely, like...
0: Let the freak flag oh. fucking fly, you know? <laughs> Look, Rick, we're hey. at the end of the first hour. April five. No, not April. September 5th, 2020. Peter Peter Show. Special guest rec, Rick Weaver. Hold tight for hour two. September 5, 2020. It's the
4: second hour of the lot for Pedro show.
5: Come with me, we can go anywhere, I love you so. Hear me calling, hear me calling, hear me calling, hear me calling, baby bug, baby bug, baby bug, baby bug, baby bug. Baby bug.
4: What
0: Pedro show. Start the second hour with Rick Weaver doing Chantuzzi. Yeah, Sam Bennett after that, Baby Bug. Whatever Happened to the Flaming Lips by Samuel Lock Ward. Promise, Bendin, Promise ben, Brendan. These were some guys in uh, D.C. in the early 80s. I don't think they did gigs but they recorded trippy shit like The Residents. I Walked the Lawn. Uh, Cal Portor Rose, out of uh, Slovenia with Mr. Clint, and formalog, the never-ending torso. Formalog. That yeah, yeah. It like, sounds like a lot of hard work in the head. Yeah, formalog. Yeah. <laughs> you was, know that, that joke, based... right? What did they What do they find in the captain's head? <laughs> the captain's... There is a
2: song the captain speaking, which is uh, from the perspective of an airplane going on with a. uh, with a, uh, a captain speaking who's, uh, you know, a que- a questionable questionable whether you could be confident in his abilities. The plane's kind of going down.
0: Ah, this is more a take on Star Trek, you know. What did they find <laughs> in the captain's head? The well, the cap-
2: formalog is actually... Uh, it was- my buddy Ren, who's in that band, was really is really into uh, barbecuing. He does like 24-hour barbecues and things like that. And uh, so we were watching videos on how to uh, form a, um, a bacon log out of like four pounds of ground beef or something. So that's that kind of became the name. It's a little a little spontaneous, but definitely a kind of shared interest at that time for all of us. as there was a lot of grilling going on.
0: I thought you were going to say long pig. You know about long pig? No, no. It's a recipe for cooking people. Oh. Yeah, pretty disgusting. But anyway, I'm going to give you the answer to that joke. What did they find in the captain's head? The captain's log. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: it's terrible. So, like projects like this, like you did uh, a formal log with your buddy. Were you in the same room, or do you trade files?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, formalog was uh, 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 Ren Schofield and Noah Anthony, and uh, we we were doing this. Uh, it was when we were all living in Philly, kind of by coincidence, and in a very like kind of brief year and a half, two year period. And uh, uh, we were we were trying to do a free rock thing. Um, them on guitars, me on drums. And uh, one day, I came over. To their uh it was like an old chop shop turned into a warehouse space kind of thing and um, um they're like, No, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that the free rock thing today. Uh we're just gonna do the same thing but on on, on tapes. I said, Well I don't I don't have a tape player. They said, We got a, a tape deck for you, four track. Um and so you'll play the drums on a tape, I'll play guitar, you'll play I'll play bass, you know. And uh it kinda worked out. So it's is it all all uh four track uh four track cassettes. You
0: mean in real time you guys are playing tape decks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ahead mm-hmm. of time you, you you prepare, you get your shit on the tape? yeah for the most part it was all original
2: sources there's over the years though there's maybe a few few samples i think i sampled like a a panther once um and 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 maybe some traffic sounds that were not a field recording i made but for the most part yeah just original sources on the tapes and then the tapes played in real time with no clock or anything
0: yeah you guys are all together with your tape machines and then you go down to a two-track machine
2: yeah, yeah, pretty much, or just, you know, in the box, into something like that. Uh, oh, you mean
0: just lifting yeah. the files digitally?
2: Yeah, basically it ends up digitally, but it's all analog. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> Trippy, you know, compared to playing the drums, which is so physical, different kind of yeah, thing,
2: yeah, definitely, and I think I got pretty lazy with that band because after a few years and I was just sitting in a chair with the here by my side so it definitely um there are times though i was i was always wondering in my head like is this just are we just kind of like dj is this like gonna be what it is no matter what we do but no there were there were nights when we severely bombed so that kind of was like okay so so we are doing something here there is some kind of live component. So, right right um but yeah. but uh at first it was just a, a hodgepodge of like cassette sounds. It was more like um uh more like a sound effects tape or something I guess. Um and then and then it became more, more like all right, let's count this down and have a part A, part B, part C kind of thing.
0: There was a band from the old days, which I'm talking like 70s, called Smegma. You wear them Gats?
2: Yeah, love Smegma. Okay,
0: okay. They they did collage kind of stuff, right? Like this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. free also, free, well, they started the uh, Free Music uh, Society in Los Angeles before they moved to Portland. Richard Meltzer was nice, part of nice. that. Look, yeah, you got a great piece of music here called Saphead I want to play. <laughs>
6: Was worse, women and children first, till the lifeboats overflowing. They had no way of knowing. Loose ends would sink their ship. Unfinished business had them in its grip. Curiosity intent. This side shows another. pussy in the window. One voice can
7: song about how it is everybody loves a genius from Clarity training. Find your commonalities, not just our common enemies. Work together to make us better. And our situation...
0: show, Saphead, Rick Weaver. How did you put all that together, man?
2: Which one? The the Saphead? Yeah. Oh, uh, at that time, really for let's see, 2010 well no, really long, well, basically uh, I got a roll an 8-track um, so I'd mix 8-tracks uh, mix them down to music CDR into stereo Upload this that back to the eight track and a new track, uh, overdub six tracks, mix that down to stereo mix. Upload that to two, add six more, mix that down, <laughs> upload it to. Two. And that one was that one was. <laughs> there's a lot of tracks in there, so that one that one was uh, that was one of those labor intensive ones to some degree. <laughs> but but that was man alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually one of the only ones with the collaborator my uh buddy Kevin Esp- Esposito uh does the voice in the beginning where he's saying uh, the kids these days. Sure, sure. <laughs> um he he did that over the phone and I recorded it.
0: Was uh his majesty's request or did he add it?
2: Yeah, no. I I wrote, I wrote the lyrics and I was like, "I
0: bet Kevin, uh, I
2: guess kind of re- wrote a forum. Kevin was actually sort of like the fourth member of Forum Logging Way, but um, like, you know, what would you call our spiritual advisor, that kind of thing? Okay. Um, So, so, uh, Espoo is always on my mind to yeah. some degree.
0: Much respect. Much respect. <laughs> well, then we had The Hawk from Iowa City with a theme from Saw, uh, I guess the third movie. <laughs> 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 well, what else does a hardcore, you know, this is a hardcore band stretching out, so. Uh, then the uh, Tatsuhasha no Tatsu Hisa, sorry. Yamoto with liked Kim Salmon and Spencer P. Jones, we lost Spencer a couple years ago to Cancer. Lou Sands. Tallem, brand new individual like you. Flying Vipers brand new. Willie's wonder. It's a big bass reggae. And then finally Rick Weaver with uh, the spine. Rudderol. Uh,
2: yeah 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 uh that one was for um recent uh compilation for this uh label in Baltimore defective bat um which is kind of fun uh my buddy uh Mike Caprichella I played with is on there too um with his band human host uh, he called it kind of like he called it a reunion to some degree uh, I agree with that, so that was kind of a fun one to be a part of
0: so you still got a good connect with Baltimore? To
2: some degree, I feel like there's a certain point, uh, where, you know, I'm just, I just sort of rekindled or maintained, uh, a small, uh, very narrow, uh, amount of friendships and musical collaborations. Just kind of pulling from that these days. I
0: remember um, the first place Minuteman played in that town. It was called the Marble Bar. Man, it was a heavy, never, yeah, it was a heavy neighborhood, uh. And uh, but I've always enjoyed playing. And then I, I pl- a lot of gigs in Fells Point where they built the boats and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh I w- I w- always uh, curious about that town. Uh,
2: but this is a blast, yeah.
0: In San Antonio, you know, God, I didn't play there for a long time. I mean, this is before your time, but there was a club there called Taco Land and the boss got murdered. Yep, yep. Oh, you know about that.
2: I, I know about it. Not I am not experienced at first hand, but yeah, 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 that's a big part of the history here for sure.
0: So I went. I, I went back and played their game because of Jeff Smith. The, Jeff Smith's a guy. He's in the Hickoids and uh, gay sportscasters, shit like this. He's got a uh, Sostex Records. He's there. He even opened up a little museum in San Antonio for the old days, like Dicks and bands like that. Uh, Jeff Smith might be a guy you want to check out because he, nice. What's right the, What's the with, museum? Yeah, it's a, it's a punk music. I can't remember what the name of it, but you know... It's Is it only... the
2: South Texas uh, Popular Culture or something roughly like that?
0: Yeah, it's a, or... t- he took me to it. It's in a strip mall. You know, he got some community support. You know, it's only 70, 80 miles from Austin, but it's kind of its own world, kind of military town, San Antonio.
2: Yeah, yeah, big time. It uh... definitely does have its own feel. Um, sprawling, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I... Big suburb. I was never really here till I moved here, honestly. Um, and I just, I I had nothing in my head about what it would be like, you know, really. I'd, I'd, I'd but maybe that's be good, because then
0: you got no prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right are at the yeah. end of the second hour. September 5, 2020, Wat Pedro Show, special guest, Rick Weaver. Hold tight for hour three. September 5, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt
4: for Pedro Show. I deserve my father.
0: A
6: um, I don't want a nice person to tuck it. I
5: just
4: want to uh, feel at home like going into my mouth. I've
6: already been there. Oh yeah? It was all uh, a little bit about it.
0: face there, like Valeria. You know, because I get a little scared. A little scared of Valeria. So...
6: Nervous energy cycling back and forth. He's moving like a carnival, irrational washing machine. Let me kiss that body, sucker. I don't think we have a got... smaller
5: of thing up. Even if you know the body, the mind is so old.
8: visualize It should come as no surprise If you can't imagine it, it will never manifest And if we just play it same Is going to knock them down Will this be like Jericho The trumpet sound the field Blow reality Our collective dream, Stolen by a seductive screen Big brother has been mass produced To hypnotize and to seduce Tell me can we change the game Free our minds Unlock the chains Meanwhile we're searching for a way Out of this Nightmare This reality, a stiff and crusty reality oh grown-out reality, out the survive reality Out of touch and out of time, there ain't no rhyme in your reality A rusty reality, a black and white reality A plus and fight reality, it ain't for me, oh no You wanna build a wall, I wanna knock it down You wanna build a world of walls, I wanna knock them down It ain't for me, oh no You're pushing too much or hollow deep for me I need the dream. You're pushing too much or hollow deep for me I need the dream. You're pushing too much or hollow deep for me And to measure how a deep of me I
4: No.
0: show start off the third hour with global distance now this is just an excerpt lovers code yeah yeah it was a big piece right
2: yeah i mean i guess so because uh uh that was, that was my buddy uh weak power rick wilson in uh st louis uh uh when i lived there for a little while uh about 2012 i think yeah so we just put together these little things we call realm plays so yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, some of those tapes were slightly broken down to song titles, but for the most part, it would be like a A to B sort of linear story kind of thing.
0: That what, probably do you mean only, by, only uh, we could follow. What do you mean by realm play?
2: Oh, realm play. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that was just the name we 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 gave to our storytelling. So it was a it was a realm in which we play in.
0: Oh, um, realm, realm, R E A L M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, realm play. So you play around in your realm. Yeah, it makes sense. Of <laughs>
2: yeah, Peter, <laughs> but, Peter Pan. For right. life, yeah. <laughs> of
0: course. That's what it all boils down to anyway. And we had Crane <laughs> doing Baby, That's All Right. No, Baby, That's Right. Sorry, Crane. Jasper Grooves Collective. He was on last episode with Ain't Got No Dream. And Moldoman. Mold I played this just for you. This is Lace. M-O-A. And then finally Rick uh, Weaver with uh, Blue Sky. Sweet, ex- another excerpt.
2: Yep, yep. A couple excerpts in there. <laughs> but,
0: but, the, but the blue sky suite. This was you, uh, man alone, right?
2: Yeah, that was that was me alone. Uh, uh, I guess that's except for that the the espo little blurb on the sap head. Uh, I think that was all all just me. There might be one sample in there somewhere on right. that on that song. I kind of forget if I made it a sample or if I just try to make it sound like a sample. But
0: well, do you do you sample your drums anymore?
2: You know, yeah. I, I mean, some of those newer tracks you could probably hear. It's a lot of in the keyboards these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've had a weird thing about about the uh, the organic acoustic instruments recently. But I need I, to I need to get back over there because it's getting uh, it's like an unhealthy thing. I don't know. I just really like being in headphones late at night and and that sort of quiet, like loud but quiet feeling, you know?
0: Sure, sure. But, I mean, the idea, too, of being your own sample.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, the Blue Sky thing was uh, that was like a children's story uh, uh, like Western, so maybe the reference point was like Roy Rogers but, you know, with its with its own mythology or, or uh, caricature of that kind of world. Um, so I think, I, th- I can't remember if that one had like an actual, actual Roy Rogers sample or something like, akin to that, or if I just kind of try to make it sound like that. I really, I really don't remember.
0: Or you could get <laughs> really, you could get really abstract. It could be, you know, because you know, he's stuffed Trigger, right? What is it? He's stuffed Trigger. Stuffed trigger? Yeah, his ranch, Apple Ranch, Apple Valley Ranch, and shit. He had a trigger all stuffed in front of his bad. The horse!
2: Oh, his his horse trigger. Yeah, yeah. Pal, Palomino Palomine.
0: I don't know if he stuffed Dale Evans, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the thing about it, right? Here, I want to play Honeycomb. So the last music for this edition was the Honeycomb, Rick Weaver. And then we had something live from Pikachu, uh, Mikado, I love you. And then finally, Shell and Milk Sweet, another excerpt. So what you gave me was like like three samples of these bigger pieces. Uh, these days, are you thinking more in bigger pieces?
2: I didn't want to. I didn't want to send you 16 minute tracks. That just didn't seem right. I think they're long enough even as excerpts.
0: <laughs> well, we just played um, some of this Pikachu Mikado. That was 16 minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why was, I got a three hours. I made it a three hour show because some. Come on, I come from a band from 30, 40 seconds. Okay, but I, I know that some people they need a little more time.
2: Well, I think like uh, the newest thing that I did with the uh, Coons that uh, we did the Christmas album. We just came out. We just finished um uh, the album all about the 1990 Cincinnati Reds, and it's kind of like a one-piecer, um, tone poem kind of thing. But everything's like one, one minute to two minute the tracks. so it's like 16 tracks and 30 minutes kind of thing. Um, Whoa. But but, yeah, but I think that I
0: think. All the tracks fit together though, so it's like one big song with different parts.
2: Yeah, I mean that's kind of how I hear it in my head, but maybe yeah. I'm the only person who hears it that way. <laughs> I <don't> yeah, know. <laughs>
0: but I think if you're the composer, you're justified, you know, admitting to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think I think that that's that's the that's the easiest way to go into something is thematically, you know, so, just kind of put it into a small small world and just kind of play in that world. for
0: well what about outside the world who 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 really inspires you these days musically
2: <sighs> i saw you played a uh, 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 model home the other day um really Shit, in the model i'm gonna home. have um,
0: I'm, I'm gonna have them on the show tomorrow
2: fantastic wow that's
0: so you know about those news. guys you know about those guys okay yeah I, yeah big fan i just found out about it and they're gonna be yeah, on the show and, so and, i'm gonna learn their story yeah, I
2: mean, they just, what is it, like, 18 releases in, like, a year and a half, so. <laughs> <laughs> and all of it, all of it's gold, and, you know, it's spontaneous, but it's, like, their world, so it just sounds fully formed. So, yeah, that's that's been pretty good, good, good uh, listening stuff.
0: What do you think? Oh, can, yeah. I, can I ask your opinion, Rick? You know, because they adopt the electronic way of bringing stuff in, right? Do you think, and then we were talking about the old days, right, the organic instruments, bones and and drum sets and bass guitars. Do you think this new world with the electronic, maybe it's easier to, like, make your own world? I don't know.
2: I mean, with Muddle Home, the voice is pretty central, so that's kind of like...
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: There's always that to some degree um, in there. I don't know, it's tricky, because with recording, it's always, like... uh, uh, a deception to some degree, a manipulation of something, because the mic is presenting an inaccurate reflection or transposition of what is happening in reality. Right. Um, I don't want to get too uh, acid flashback, but then I guess also in performance, that's probably the same from listener to listener. We're, ne- we're None of us are really hearing the same thing <laughs> ever.
0: Right, right. And you think like the old days where we're operating uh, more uh analog kind of devices like yeah drum sets and bass guitars well it's more it's keep... more apparent it's more obvious it's more i mean they still got to go through that record you know for us to hear that it's got to go through that recording process also
2: yeah 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 but uh, yeah i don't know i don't know um i I know for me that i have a i have my drum kit set up in the corner and i every day i kind of feel feel uh Ashamed that I don't play it. <laughs>
0: so, you know, Money. Mark Nishita told me that what he started doing was automatically when he wakes up in the morning, he gets on the drum set. It's like, well, crazy. he first takes a piss. So do I. You know, when you get less younger, you'll find that out. But right after the piss, he goes and just jumps on the fucking drum set.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I tend to be the the, the procrastinator. It's like the later in the day I'd kind of start, um, and I don't know why. There's just something about acoustic. You know, it might be just because I'm not really ever prepping for a performance these days, so it's all recording, so it kind of feels weird to just be yelling into a mic with headphones on. (laughs)
4: Like
2: It's not like I have a control room or any, you know, it's just me kind of yelling to myself in my own ears.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 right, right. So, yeah, there's a layer of abstraction there. Look, where can people find you on the Internet, Rick?
2: Um, let's see. Got, got the .com at uh, uh, Rick J. Weaver. So, you know, just the letter J. Rick Weaver with a J in the middle there. .com. Uh, .com.
0: You hear that, people? R i c k j w e a v e r dot com, and uh, yeah. you can let people know what's going on there. I mean, what's your next big project? You got? I, well, you guys just finished up the the Christmas record, but
2: yeah, yeah, did the Christmas, did the baseball album. Uh, working on a war album where uh, with Zach Coons again, where um. We uh, uh, end up in every American war and die in every American war, but in a, in a circumstance, like bumbling circumstance, unrelated to the war completely. And then uh, working on this, uh, this sort of like a more radio play thing to get a little bit more direct with that element of it uh, called Check, Please, that takes place in a, in a West Texas stockyard cafe.
0: So when you say um, radio play, you're talking like a mind movie. What, a mind movie? Yeah. Yeah, because are you play. aware? I was thinking of it like mood
2: music. Well, there was, a thing, in the, there was yeah. a
0: thing in the 70s called ZBS. They're still around, upstate New York on a commune, called ZBS Media, ZBS.org. And they made this Adventures of Jack Flanders in these 10, 12-hour big old oh, nice. fucking trips, man. Uh, I I started listening to them when I was a teenager.
2: Oh, that sounds great. I will definitely was, check
0: that out. His name was Meatball Fulton. And what he would do is go to a town like Morocco or Rio de Janeiro and he record the ambient sounds they'd make a story around him that
2: that sounds good I've given me a lot of gold here today gotta to check it out
0: well look when you get For your sure. when you get your next mind movie done will you come back on the show so we could talk about it because in a way I think that's a form of fucking music
2: yeah I'd, le- I'd love to I mean it's a it's an honor yeah and always a pleasure yeah
0: thanks so much Rick People, it's been September 5, 2020 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.